listening to the first official live youth radio broadcast on KUNM. Thanks to your support, we're now officially the place for Teen Voice on the radio every Sunday at 7 o'clock. If this is your first time hearing our program, you might be wondering what youth radio is. Well, coming up in a few minutes, we'll hear, we'll hear an interview I conducted with Berkeley Youth Radio's Beverly Meyer, a key contributor who watched California's youth radio program evolve from the beginning. And afterwards, we'll hold a live roundtable in the studio discussing what youth radio is to us. Afterwards, we'll be hearing a nice long set of music selected from some of our youth volunteers here at the studio. And on the subject of music, we'll be talking about the recent debate over the banning of all ages shows starting with the piece paid together by Kyle Ferris, followed by a discussion of panelists here in the studio about your views on the issue. And don't forget to stick around for our calendar full of awesome events going on around the area that we think might interest you. But now let's get, thing on a, let's get things on a roll with some music selected by our music host, Wes Barbara. We've got some great music coming up for you, but for right now, this is All American Rejects, Dirty Little Secrets. You just heard um, Dirty Little Secrets by All American Rejects, and this particular song was choo- uh, chosen by Tracy. Um, all the songs featured here on Youth Radio will be chosen by its members. But now, back to Michael. Thank you, Wes. You're listening to Youth Radio on 89.9 KONM. I'm Michael Harley. When our staff first got together to create Youth Radio, we had a lot of ideas of what it was going to be. My interview with Beverly Meyer, a former key figure at Berkeley Youth Radio, gives some insight into the concept of youth radio, starting with the mission statement. What's reflected in that um, mission statement was that we wanted to make sure that young people learned about the, the nuts and bolts of radio broadcasting and use that as a tool um, to not only get their voice out, but to be able to use the media, utilize the media, to consume the media, to, to, be, a, to be the media as opposed to um, being consumers of the media. So it was kind of like we wanted people to learn that technical part, but then take that technical part and use it in other ways. Since that um, original mission statement was written, mm-hmm. Youth radio has expanded in a number of ways, and the, the, um, it, it now is a full-service youth development agency as well. And what does that kind is of that, encompass? What, what that means, I'm sorry, what that means is we do college-bound counseling. Oh, wow. we, uh, we serve incarcerated youth. Um, uh, we, we have an active outreach um, uh, component that we didn't have when that original um, mission statement was written. Another question I had um, when I was also reading the mission statement, I did get... Uh, kind of ideas about going out into the community mm-hmm. and stuff, and how deep into the community uh, do you think your youth radio group was? Uh, it, it really grassroots, really in there, because again, as I said, about I would say 10 years ago, maybe nine, mm-hmm. we started working with incarcerated youth. 
Um, we started going into high schools doing uh, after-school programs. We started to be a to be able to, when community groups would call and want us to come in and do technical trainings, and by technical trainings, I mean that uh, we, we, we would do what you will be doing. We, we taught people how to write a commentary, and we taught them how to, um, we, we took, um, uh, DJ equipment, uh -huh. and we taught them how to use the turntables, and and uh -huh. actually still do that. So that's that was so that's sometimes that was um, people would call us in and we do one you know we just go in once and do a training. But as in the case of um, the, uh, working, especially working with incarcerated youth, that would be several times a year. We'd go in for six or eight weeks and actually do a concentrated training. And at the end, as time went on, what would happen at the end of that training is the young people would come to youth radio itself and do a radio show. When you guys were kind of coming up with pieces at the beginning, I know we were kind of just we made like a board mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. generated ideas out of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of really, we saw a lot of common topics come up mm -hmm. when we were doing that. What kind of common topics for your commentaries and roundtables came up for you guys? Uh, you know, the, the, I would say exactly the same as came up with you. It's, you know, it's uh, uh, sex, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dr drugs, violence, uh -huh. um, uh, school, what's happening in school. Mm. So the same, you, you'll come up with the same co uh, topics over and over again, but they always have a different, uh, er, you know, every kid has a different perspective. Okay? Yeah. And I use the word kid very lovingly, okay, <laughs> because I am old enough to be a grandmother, probably. <laughs> okay. Um, but but um, all those come up, but see, what within those topics, not only did the young people have a, a different take? Everybody has a different take on it. Mm -hmm. There are subcategories. So, you know, the kids would talk about, they would want to talk about sex, but then we would talk about, well, what about sex would be the question. What, what do you want to talk about sex? And a lot of times that, of course, would get into, you know, HIV and uh, um, HIV slash AIDS prevention. Yeah. But also it would get into, you know, teen pregnancy. It would also get into things like being, you know, the responsibility of being a teen parent. So there's so many subcategories in all of those things. And with Youth Radio, with all these teen issues and whatnot, was your target audience just teens, or was it more open, like, to grown-ups? You no, know, you know what, the thing is, and that, see, that's the, um, that's, that's the constant struggle, uh -huh. because our outlets, you know, the places that aired uh, our commentaries were generally national public radio, mm -hmm. you know, and you just have to look at the adult, white, adult, you know, highly educated audience. Yeah. Um, that's the stereotype, but that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, we also were on a couple of radio stations and still are in San Francisco. Same thing. Um, so what w the way we would get around that is we would tell the because these these were radio stations that you do not want to you as a 16 year old would not be listening to for pleasure. Uh, only a very very small fraction of the young people. I mean teeny teeny. You know maybe once in a big while somebody come and say oh I listen to NPR. So what we in our what we built in our teaching is that you are talking to these these are the people you know the people at National Public Radio people who are my age need to hear what you have to say just like really trying to figure out where you want to take your message yeah so um with um including teens in the project um what was the age uh range and did you think that the cutoff age that you had was 
correct? It was 14 to 17, and the reason it was 14 to 17, and the, and the majority, I would say, would, were 16, okay, and still are 16. Yeah. Um, um, and part of the reason for that is the way the organization was built, okay? Youth Radio was being built in as, or, as a sustainable organization. So Youth Radio was being built on the idea that the young people would eventually work at, young, at Youth Radio, which they do. Mm. Okay, so the reason it was 14 to 17 is because there's a there's a real difference in maturity level between 13 and 17. The last question <coughs> that I wanted to ask you was, um, I know we decided in our first meeting that music is a pretty big part of our show. Right. And what was your guys' view on music, and how did you incorporate that, that into was, your show? That was why I was... <sighs> That was why I was originally hired. We started with a, a small group of young people. They were like, there were about five or six of them. And she realized that what they wanted to do and what they wanted to talk about was music. And so she hired me because I had been in commercial radio for a long time. And uh, I, at the time I was hired, I worked at a, a radio, a, a, trade, a music industry trade magazine. So I, at the time, which was, again, 12 years ago, I had a handle on the, um, on the music industry. So that's why she hired me, because she realized. And this is what we did, was when, when we did fashion our radio shows, we would, um, it would be just like a DJ show with the exception of we'd have commentators and we'd have people doing news, and everybody would rotate doing all of those things. Well, that was very uh, a lot of great information that you gave me, and that I think will really help so that we can kind of compare that with our views and kind of get a, that's That was a really great in-depth version. Well, well so. keep me posted, okay? I really want to hear how you all doing, okay? Of course we okay. sure will. You're listening to Youth Radio on 89.9 KONM. I'm Michael Harley. If you've just found us on the dial, we've been listening to an interview with Beverly Meyer, an important figure in the development of Berkeley Youth Radio. And now I'm here with my fellow Youth Radio participants, Lucia Martinez, Rachel Fawcett, and Mars Chal- Chalon. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about how we see Youth Radio. What is it? How does it compare to other Youth Radio stations? What's our mission? What do we predict it will evolve into? So probably the best question to start off with is... What is youth radio to you guys? Which of you wants to start? Lucia, go ahead. I think youth, youth radio should be a place where <coughs> teens can speak their voice without getting criticized or being stereotyped. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's a good way. I mean, in real life, we are, that's always what's happening to us, right? A lot of the time. So, Rachel? Also, youth radio to me is not just a place where you can play, like, cool music so people can jam out to it but also where teens can talk about important issues that most people think that we shouldn't have a say on. Mars, what's your view? Well, Youth Radio is a service to the community to provide accurate information and give a voice to to those who want to be heard and on a perspective on all areas around us and for the youth to be youth. That's a good answer. And um, With the mission statement idea, um, in the interview I ju- that we just heard that I did with Beverly, she talked a lot about the technical aspect of youth radio. And uh, I know we are focused on that, but we had a lot of other ideas when we came in, too, not just technical. And, and what were your views on that, Lucia? Well, when I first thought of youth radio, I thought of youth speaking their voice to like, state their opinions so they'd be heard. But... When I got here and I started learning about radio more, I understood that radio, to radio, there's a lot of technical stuff you have to do to get it on air right. So 
I think it's good that Beverly um, is like she had the idea of teaching them about the technical part of radio first, and then it developed more into like about youth voices. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get the voice out when we don't even know what how to use the equipment first, right? Yeah. Um, and with topics, there were a lot of there was issues with topics. You have to have topics to have a radio show, right? And what kind of topics were you guys thinking of at first when you first came in? Well, um, politics was a big topic for all of us. Um, just our own view on the politics, our own ideas. One big topic was... Um, Can't think of it, huh? No, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Go more into politics, actually. What like specific issues with politics? What would you say? Maybe what's going on now? Um, the war, of course. The, the war, war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And Rachel? Hmm. I guess most of our topics were about music as well, other than politics and other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, music music was a big uh, issue, too. And she was talking about, Beverly was talking about how the teens in her group really wanted to do a lot of music. What did you guys think of music? When what? How did you want to incorporate it when we first came in here? Original sounds, different sounds out there, <clears throat> other than the commercial radio I don't like I like to listen to music that's not out there. It's it's real underground. And isn't it kinda neat like realizing how many songs of a CD you have they play on the radio? Maybe like two, right? And uh, Lucia, you had mentioned that like the first day. <laughs> well, I listen to commercial radio a lot and I think most teens do. And I get really tired of hearing the same songs over and over again. It just gets really irritating. So I wanted something new, like different. And what was your view on music, Rachel? Uh, basically the same thing you said. Um, there's a lot of music that's being played over and over again, and you just get tired of it, so you want to hear the rest of the CD instead of just the two songs that are being playing. And what are you guys hoping our um, viewers will take f- take away from listening to youth radio? What do you think they'll... What do you want them to take away from it? I... Um, oh. oh. oh uh, <laughs> Which one have you said? All right, I'll go first. Go um, ahead, Mars. A uh, different perspective on how to look on the youth, um, just our ideas, getting our ideas out there, just where other people know what's going on around us. I think people, I think people take from youth radio is that, and especially more of the adults too, that we do have a voice and we have opinions on important issues, and that they need to get across to other people as well. I hope that. Um, the nation's youth will take away um, many things for this program. Um, I hope that they'll be more interested in radio after hearing this, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, My parents and I were talking about getting into the community more with this program. Uh, Beverly's radio station did get into the community a lot by going to actually show schools what they were doing. What do you guys think we can do to get into the community? Uh, Have any ideas about that? Fundraising, I think fundraising is a big idea. There's many <coughs> donations that need to be out there in Louisiana. Donations mm-hmm. need to be brought over there and help. Go ahead, Lucia. I think w- that we should try to expand this program so maybe we'll be able to get more youth in it because a lot of my friends are really into music and I think they would like this program. you have any views on that, Rachel? I was just going to say the same thing, (laughs) that we need to expand more, then, you know, we can get more people in and into it. (laughs) 
And just uh, one more question. What do you guys want youth radio to evolve into? What do you think it's going to turn into? A national radio station. You think ours could get national? Oh, yeah, I think so. That would be really neat. What do you think, Lucia? Well, yeah, same as Mars. National. National. How about you, Rachel? I want this youth radio to turn into something where teens can talk and be listened to without being judged or stereotyped. And that is definitely what we're going to do. All right. And that's all the time we have for this roundtable. I'm Michael Harley, and I'd like to thank my panelists, Lucia, Rachel, and Mars. And now I'd like to once again throw it over to our main music man this week, Wes. We've got some great music lined up for you, some by Green Day, some by um, Operation Ivy. But for right now, we've got some POD for you, Youth of the Nation. me again um you just heard pod youth of the nation which was just um which was chosen by lucia and you also heard take warning which was chosen by louise coming up we have a discussion about an all-ages show in albuquerque but for right now more music his eyes they closed and his last breath spoke he had seen all to be seen a life once full now an empty vase with the blossoms on his early grave Walk away, me boy, walk away, me boy And by morning we'll be free Wipe that golden tear Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's like a pencil with erasers at both ends I've won it all but we're dealing in process And these activities that you have engaged in This is the politics of seeing you dance with him Begin with concluding remarks Break up the pieces and examine the parts Your words always cut when they're cliche But here's my knife because I came for the buffet This is the way it You just heard music from um, What's Left of the Flag by Flogging Molly uh, Green Day with Good Riddance And an up-and-coming up artist here to Mexico um, Emery with Studying Politics But now, let's go to Avigra well, you may have heard about all the controversy surrounding all-ages shows 
Now's the time when you get to hear about how other youth feel about the issue. We have Katie leading a roundtable discussion on the all-ages debate. Katie, I'm here with Mars, Rachel, and Avika, and first we're going to hear the report from Kyle Ferris. Recent controversy has been sparked over the issue of continuing to serve alcohol at venues that hold occasional all-ages shows. Mayor Martin Chavez is proposing that no one under 21 should be allowed into clubs that serve alcohol. At the moment, minors are allowed in for special events as long as they are separated from the adults. The change is being suggested because of concerns that booze is being sold to minors at all-ages events. Many youth have a differing view. They say that they see more kids drinking at places like the Journal Pavilion or an Isotopes game than at a place like the Launchpad. Joe Anderson, owner of the Launchpad and the Sunshine Theater, is concerned about his business. He protests the change, saying that many of the bands that perform in his establishments only go there because they allow all-ages shows, meaning lots of fans. Anderson adds that he cannot stop selling alcohol altogether because that is also a large part of his revenue. The State Alcohol and Gaming Division should make a final decision by October 30th. Comments are being accepted until <clears throat> September 30th. I'm Kyle Ferris, Youth Radio KUNM. Okay, so your, the first question I have for you guys is, how do you feel about the mayor trying to close the all-ages shows? When I first heard of the, of the, of the ban, I was quite disappointed because all these years I've been waiting <laughs> to go to a concert since I was a young, since I was a youngin. <laughs> and... Um, and now he wants to make a ban saying we can't go, minors cannot go to auto, which most of the best shows are doing the over 21. Yeah, it's just ridiculous what he's trying to do. It's trying to control people by saying you can't go here and just wrong. Um, to me, I feel that it's very stereotypic that the mayor thinks that the teens are going to get drunk at these things, which is true and not true i mean it just depends how some people look at it i guess okay how do you feel about the fact that the smaller place like launchpad and sunshine are being targeted for the fact that they sell booze and make over 50 percent of revenue from that well it's it's a question that goes through my head is why is he picking the launchpad and sunshine theater while like you said the journal pavilion is a bigger place and more easily to buy alcoholic alcohol and um, to get um, to get drugs over there. Maybe he's picking that place because they're small. And if you start with the small first, maybe he's thinking you can conquer the bigger. But I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if the teens aren't able to get alcohol at these venues, what really is the problem with the mix of having the alcohol sales at the Launchpad and Sunshine, Sunshine Theater? Well, I think it's the statistics out there like underage drinking and how high that is in New Mexico and the crash rate of underage drinkers that are minors that are involved in a car accident. I think it's just about those rates and how he sees it that what makes him wants to band, make a band. Yeah, I agree with Mars there. He's only looking at that instead of looking at the real big problem. Do you think it would be easier for teens to get alcohol at other places than at these venues, and why? I mean, why would it be easier for them to get the alcohol at Journal Pavilion where it's bigger and they should have more security well, than at the smaller places? Um, it would be easier for teens to get alcohol at bigger places because there's more surface area for the security to ch have to try to watch over, and 
there's more places you can probably hide and drink. Um, and at small spaces like the um, launch pad, there's less places to like hide and drink, and there's an inadequate amount of security to watch over how many people are in the establishment. So, yeah. <laughs> well, at the launch pad, there's a barrier that separates the over 21 and the minors. That's what I think that helps it out more is the barrier. While the the the, the minors trying to have a good time and the over 21, the adults are trying to have their own little fun. Can you explain what the barrier is for? Well, it's a uh, protection from the kids that separate them from the um, over 21 so they can have their own little space and we have our own space. It's just a way of protection for us not to drink. And a question with that, does alcohol allowed pass the barrier? Oh, no, there's too many, too much security in the launch pad or at Sunshine. A lot of security around. There's, I feel safe there. I agree with what both of them were saying. <laughs> Do you have any additional points? Basically, what I think is that, basically what Avika said is that when you're at the Journal Pavilion, the space is bigger. It's hard to keep track of people who are in bigger spaces, but at like the launch pad, um, it's smaller and you can tell what people are doing instead of wondering. And if we do lose these venues, how do you think it will affect the behavior of teens who would normally go to these these activities? Well, I see it as these are only the activities that I look forward to as concerts. I I try to get my grades up so my parents could trust me to go on a on a concert for good academics and I find that as a um, as a goal for me for my academic ways to get good grades and go see a nice show. To me, I think if they do close down these all ages shows that the things on violence and more drugs and alcohol use is going to raise up because they can't since they're not in a place where they want to be seeing music and stuff like that, they're out doing other things that could be worse than being in a type of drug-related thing or alcohol-related thing. Um, apparently, not only will it affect us, it will also affect <clears throat> the under-21 bands that are coming up, that are coming out and are forming. How does that make you feel with trying to get new bands out and coming with new music? It lessens the opportunity for other bands to, to get famous. Well, big bands are still doing their thing and other people want to try to get up in that star, that, that light. And But the concert, the, 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 the they're trying to band in, it's not possible for them to be in, the, in that starlight. Yeah, like, um, <clears throat> being in a band is like having something to do. Like, it's a passion, I guess. And if you're just playing in your garage and then you're never going to get to showcase your, your songs or your talents to other people it's kind of like what's the point and so you'll also get teenagers being bored from not even I mean you can have a band but what's the point of having one if you can't perform and 16 year old bands and stuff like that it's just like it's not even fair to like try to ostracize them like that by not allowing them to have spaces to play it's just not fair and most of the the um, contributors are are us the the, the teens the, the youth and I don't find I I don't see that as a way of, of making them popular. It's just like we hear the music and that's it. I want to see them play. Yeah. And how do you feel about the fact that if these places that these places that make over fifty percent of their revenue, because of that they have lower ticket prices. 
how would it make you feel if they got rid of the alcohol and made it so that you were paying the same price as you would at Journal Pavilion? I'd be kind of mad because, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, as what parents always tell us. So um, if they drop the alcohol, which I heard makes most of their money, that means they can lower ticket prices. I say that's just wrong, and then not a lot of people would want to come to the concerts to begin with. So the people who are playing there don't get to be in the spotlight. Yeah, like having your tickets being too expensive is just like... It causes people not to be able to want to go. Well, you might want to go, but you can't afford to go. A lot of teenagers don't have a job. I don't have a job. I like one, but, you know, parents are like, your only job is going to school, you know, like that. So It creates harder work on us to get the money just to go see a show. Yeah, just to hang out, to listen to music, you have to pay like 50 bucks. It's not even fair. Okay, well, um, I think that's all we have. So I'd like to thank Avikra, Mars, and Rachel for joining me on this. And now to Lucia and Tracy for a calendar of upcoming youth events. You stand apart, alone you are Working on your masterpiece They laugh, they stare You just heard Huckapoo, Where You Belong, and now it's on to Tracy and Lucia. Good evening. Today is September 4th, 2005. This is the first edition of KUNM Youth Radio Weekly Calendar. I'm Tracy Tram. And I'm Lucia Martinez. This week's upcoming events include the Southwest organizing project's 25th anniversary party co-sponsored by the Reyes Collective at KUNM. The featured artists are Quetzal and the B-Side Players. They will be performing as well as the Albuquerque-based hip-hop art and music collective, Ill Kids. It will be raffled off at the end of the night. Oh, I'm sorry. Ill Kids, who will be dancing, break dancing, um, doing music, and artwork. The artwork will be raffled off at the end of the night, and the sales will be part of the event's proceeds. This event will benefit the activity for victims caused by Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans and the Gulf Coast. It will be held at the El Rey Theater and Golden West Saloon in downtown Albuquerque on Friday, September 9th. A nonprofit organization, the Jason Foundation, is heading efforts across the country to raise youth suicide awareness. If you could walk a mile to save the life of a young person, would you do it? The first Albuquerque Youth Suicide Awareness Walk is happening on September 10th at Albuquerque Academy. New Mexico's youth suicide rate is increasing, ranking in the top five. An estimated youth suicide attempt happens every 30 seconds. For every 12 to 25 attempts, one young person will die. For more information, call 727-8277 or log on at keepingdreamsalive.org. Make some noise. Get involved. Nora White from the Spotlight Column invites you to get involved in a former solution informing a solution to the all-ages debate. Bring your ideas to the Launchpad, 618 Central Southwest, on Sunday, October 23rd at 3 p.m. for a musicians and parents map meeting. The group was formed as a way to map out how our representatives can support a viable, non-alcoholic, all-ages music venue downtown. And you can still submit written comments to the State Gaming Division until September 30th, 2005, on the all-ages debate. 
Send your PO send yours to the PO box 250101 Santa Fe, New Mexico, 87504-5101. For updates and more information, you can contact Nora at budabetties at hotmail.com. The candidates for mayor of Albuquerque will debate youth issues on September 7th at 7 p.m. on KNME Channel 5. Improv theater classes begin for ages 14 and up starting Wednesday, September 7th. Classes happen every Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Gorilla Tango Comedy Theater. These workshops are for all levels and include the hands-on training and stress teamwork in a safe, comfortable environment. For more information, contact 245-8600. The State Fair is back in town starting Friday, September 9th. We'll be letting you know about the upcoming events in our weekly calendar. Stay tuned. Join the National Day of Action. Stop the War in Iraq rally in March. Saturday, September 24th. Gather at 11 a.m. at the Truman Gate of Kirkland Air Force Base. March to Highland High School for a rally with music and speakers. Send your kids to college, not combat. For more information, you can call 268-9557. If you have any information on upcoming events, please email us at youthradio at kunm.org. You have until Thursday to submit announcements for our Sunday program. For KUNM Youth Radio, I'm Tracy Tram. And I'm Lucia Martinez. This has been the calendar for the weekly events. And now back to our hosts. You've been listening to 89.9 KUNM Youth Radio. Thanks to our engineer, Evan Molson. Our producer, Mina Lee. Music host, Wes Barber. Our calendar host, Tracy Tram and Lucia Martinez. And the youth radio panel, Mars Chalon. Rachel Fawcett and Lucia Martinez. And our all-ages panel, Katie Line of Ikra Lucky and Mars Chalon. And our correspondent, Kyle Ferris. And our other youth radio participants, Luis Martinez, Jack Murray, Joseph Savage, and Felicia Tafoya. If, you, if any of you want to share your comments or questions, you can email us at youthradio at kunm.org. I'm Michael Harley. And I'm Ikra Lucky. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.